Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Kareem. It is Ramadan again, and um, we didn't actually plan the Sahur bites this year, I have to admit. And then this morning, we woke up on the first day of Ramadan, and the three of us just felt like something was missing. So, very last minute, we decided to do the Sahur bites again, and uh, we are recording this pretty much live the moment it is uh, gonna go live. I know that I'm going to continue what I did last year, so I'm going to be interviewing cool Arabs, Muslims throughout the games industry and showcasing a different one every Suhoor bite. Um, I'm not quite sure what Osama is doing yet. Fauzi might be talking about movies, but I can't promise that just yet. So um, we are going to do Suhoor bites. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited that it is Ramadan. It comes around so quickly. And for the first episode, I have a first guest. And the first guest is Fadis Atiyah of Lunacy Studios. Fadis, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is my pleasure to have you uh, on this show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Fadis? A little bit about Fadis, sure. Um, founder and creative director of Lunacy Studios. Uh, I was born in the U.S., grew up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, originally Palestinian, so I'm a third culture kid through and through. But obviously, being growing up in Saudi Arabia, having that... Be a part of who I am. Um, yeah, I started the studio to tell stories that are closer to home, and that's kind right. of what we do. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been wonderful watching uh, watching you grow your studio. It's a very um, it is. I have to admit, it is a very Arab studio <laughs> in many ways. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, it's nice because um, for context for the people listening, I uh, I consult at uh, at Lunacy Studios. Um, and have been for quite a while, and it was just so nice to come into the the team uh, the team um, communication channels. I don't remember what it's Slack or Discord. I just check whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just see so many Ramadan messages. <laughs> just everybody wishing each other Ramadan Karim and Mubarak, and I'm just like, I've missed this in the games industry, you know? Yeah, you have it at home, but I guess you don't see it in the industry much. No. Yeah, no, I mean, at home, you know, like uh, I was on the phone with, with my father yesterday while the uh, while the uh, imams were um, were explaining whether it was Ramadan or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always this very long TV show in Egypt. You know? I, I, <laughs> I have guy... to say, I do love that. It's always like anticipation. I'm like, is it today? Is it tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> it's like an award yeah, ceremony. Yeah, literally, yeah. What day is going to be awarded? You think yeah. we know the moon by now, but I guess... Uh... We'd like to make a shot. Just, I remember sitting in front of that TV with with, with um, when I was a kid, and just watching and just not fully understanding all the Arabic, right? And just sitting there and just being like, "This guy talks forever. <laughs> just, yeah, it will never end." <laughs> your eyes, your eyes will glaze over at some point if you don't understand the language. Um, yeah, I find that when I travel back home, it takes me about a week to reacclimate my ears. Uh, yeah, to pick up. The language is quick enough. I mean, I'm, I am fluent, but when you're when you're living overseas for so long, you just kind of that that language takes a backseat. Yeah, yeah. I've, for me, it's always the confidence in speaking. It's yeah. less the under like I can understand it just fine, but I'm so used to being fluent in languages. Mm. You know, Dutch, English. You know, I'm I'm capable in in other languages too. But um, capable does mean that I just need some time to to feel confident again. And for Arabic specifically, just I haven't been to Egypt in a decade because of the military draft. Oh, wow. So, 
I, I haven't been in Arab environments. I was in Saudi Arabia uh, with you, actually, um, pretty recently. Awesome. And yeah. That's I mean, and you kind of get uh, when it's when it's spoken all around you. You'd be surprised how quick you pick it up. I think even by the end of that trip, I noticed you were yeah. you were more confident in in your responses as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. It's just it's a confidence issue, and I I hate it. But I just need to speak more Arabic again. So well, you have um, Lunacy Studios. <laughs> I do have Lunacy Studios. Tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, Lunacy Studios. About Lunacy Studios, yeah. We, uh, our first game is based on a story of loss and grief. I lost my father a few years ago, and a couple of very significant people as well since then. And I found that uh, the way we grieve as Arabs is very different to uh, the rest of the world. Um, and another, and another thing is that no one really talks about it. And no one talks mm-hmm. about what happens once the phone stops ringing. So I wanted to tell a story mm-hmm. about uh, about loss and how there is light at the end of the tunnel, even if you don't see it. So the story revolves around a little girl um, in the golden age of Islam. But really, it's just a story about hope. Um, and I hope, and I wish that I had a game like this uh, that I could play while I was going through that grief that I could relate to. So yeah. uh, I want to tell the story so that the people that go through what I went through. Um, will have something to latch onto, hopefully, and resonate with them. Right, because you, you were not a game developer before this, oh, right? No. Oh, oh, no, I was not. Yeah, no, my background's in uh, mechanical engineering and, and international management. But I was so passionate about storytelling. I did a lot of soul-searching after I worked in those fields for a little bit. And I found that I just want to tell stories. I want to move people through storytelling. And the two mediums that I loved were games and film. But games kind of just worn out. Um, yeah. It's a very unique medium to tell uh, meaningful stories in. Um, and right. I think it worked out because, you know, we have a studio now. Um, we were able to, to build an amazing team of predominantly Arab uh, folks from around the world who are completely remote. And it's, it's, it's resonated with everyone we've spoken to. So I think there is a need for, for that uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I always forget that you were in the um, steel and, uh, yeah. and engineer. I don't know. I don't know what I imagined for you before this. <laughs> it's a very different life, uh, much less creative life. Uh, right. I, I, I had to learn how to flex creative muscles very quickly. Um, right. But I felt like I always had them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What, what, did you do any other creative things? Were you, uh, did you draw? Did you write? Did you uh, cook? Did you make music? Yeah, actually, I, I play guitar. I play drums. That was my outlet for creativity for the longest time. Um, I used to write, but uh, not as much. But music was kind of my outlet, really. Um, and I right. think that actually quite helps with what I do now, surprisingly. Um, being able to, to, to switch your brain off and speak in a language that is not a spoken language, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes creativity and writing creative, writing creatively uh, is very non-linear and very non-traditional, uh, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of vibe into things. Exactly. I it's think. almost like you're, being, yeah. you're channeling something from. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You had, I think, uh, a really fun Ramadan story. Well, if one of your first Ramadans after you moved back to the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I spent high school. Um, were all my, my, my younger years in Saudi. So uh, Ramadan was always with the family. It was always a big gathering. You'd have, you know, the family, extended family all together, especially for the first day. The first day was, the first day and A, they're kind of the big two, right? So, yeah. um, so I moved to Miami for college and, you know, Miami being the holy place that it is, uh, I felt like I had to compensate. <laughs> I had to compensate for the city that I was in and, um, and for being away from home, really. I was quite homesick. Luckily, mm. um, my first semester there, I had met quite a few Arabs. I met a big 
group that were already there. And so to thank them for letting me into their little nest, I wanted to make this big extravagant thought for them and have a multi-course meal and, and have the whole shebang, uh, the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And not realizing how multi-step processed these dishes were uh, anyway <laughs> over my head. I did used to do a little bit of cooking, but I was not prepared, just to say. So um, as this is going on, I'm making soups and whatever. And, and w- one example is you don't put hot soup in a blender and turn it on. Um, you will end up <laughs> taking meat all over your cabinets. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, mind you, this was, I mean, this was a few minutes before the guests were supposed to show up. And I'm scrambling. Oh, no. And at that point, I'm like, look, either they don't eat or they eat burnt food. <laughs> Um, obviously, yeah. I didn't scrape off the soup off the cabinets to serve that, but whatever wasn't burnt or destroyed, um, I, I scrambled together and put on on, on, on on the table. So when the guests <laughs> do eventually come through, uh, you can tell by the looks of their faces that they're like, oh, mm, right. Uh-huh. Mm, mm. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And, and we, honestly, by the, by the halfway through the, the iftar, I just said, guys, look, it's okay. We can just order in. And that's what we ended up doing. Um, and I felt so horrible. Um, and a few days later, I think my friends felt bad for me. And so they, they invited me over for a thought. They didn't say anything. And when I showed up, they had made every dish that I wanted to make. But they they kind of made it in my honor and as if it was the for me. And so since then, you've been lifelong friends. Um, I, I can imagine. That is, very, that is a very Ramadan story, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So that's experience growing up. But, you know, with, with now with Ramadan being more of a, more, more of a thing globally, um, it's 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 really exciting to see people from different cultures wanting to be a part of it and wanting to um, acknowledge yeah. it as well. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday actually when, when they announced it. I was thinking, when is it that we're going to have uh, Ramadan themed festivities in on, on in online games? I mean, I saw it in Fortnite. I see TikTok is doing something. It's, it's starting to happen. Starting, but, we, but the question is, when are we going to have dates as as consumables as power ups? Right. You know, for, for the season. Uh, that's what I want to see. We're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going until that happens. But uh, you know the the difference between this year and last year is huge. It is, it is, uh, and every year before that. Yeah. So you know, inshallah, it keeps going because it it is important that you know the the um, the kids and the people growing up now that the that even for us who've been around that we feel like this is part of our lives and we don't have to feel like we have to overcompensate by cooking poorly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> To, to stay connected to who we are. Like, we should just be able to be ourselves without having to fight for it. Yes, I totally agree. Yifaris, it was a pleasure. Where can people find you if they want to follow you or the story of lunacy? Like, where where can people go? Yeah, um, Instagram, Twitter, Faris Atiyah. That's F-A-R-I-S-A-T-T-I-E-H. Uh, or Lunacy Studios. It's Lunacy underscore studios on Twitter. Uh, or our website, lunacystudios.com. Uh, keep a lookout. I think we'll be, we'll be showing a lot more very soon. Good. Shukran. Salam. Salam, salam.